With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I was in the big house this weekend, watched the, almost watched the second coming in Appalachian State, but uh, you know, I'm glad to be back in the booth. You know, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, yeah, 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 you know, Michigan, Michigan looks like the Khan of, uh, of football. Greg Scalzo, TJ Hogan here, and we're now being joined by friend of show Devon Wilson of Real Sports Guys. You can follow them on Twitter at Real Sports Guys. What's up, Devon? All right, welcome to the Cypher. This is D. Wills. Uh, we got a special edition here. Uh, the Cypher, you know, is a segment out of our RSG One Mic, and you know, we go into the Cypher when it's a special edition. Um, looking forward to this uh, one. We're going to have an opportunity to talk to former Michigan Wolverine and national champion Sean Higgins. It's the third year anniversary of that 1989 run. Um, you know, uh, as someone from uh, Ann Arbor, from the, from the Midwest, um, you know, we had an opportunity to to really uh, watch some incredible Big Ten teams. Um, if you've been following us, we had a chance to interview uh, Dr. P.J. Bowman, who played on that flying Illini squad that was uh, tearing it up. Um, and you heard a little bit about uh, the, the run from his perspective. But uh, today we have an opportunity to to hear from to hear from Sean and. Uh, as a person who actually hit the game-winning basket against Illinois that uh, thrust Michigan into the, the final uh, championship game. And so we're looking forward to talking to him uh, here in the cypher uh, this morning. But in the open mic here, I want to just um, make sure you, uh, you, you folks who have been following us, you know, we try to step the game up. You know, it's important for us to do that. And uh, we just launched a new website. So you guys have been going to realsportsguys.com. Go check it out. Um, uh, we uh, got Sekou's, uh hip-hop uh, uh, year in review on there. Um, you probably have seen it. Uh, if you've been on our Facebook page, you can go to Real Sports Guys on all social media platforms. But the, the, the blog is on the website under the blog tab. Um, and then I'll be dropping a, a blog. Uh, you'll love it, uh, addressing uh, the NFL coaching hiring and just some of the underlying issues that caused uh, an outcome where – you only have two African American coaches and one um, uh, Latinx coach uh, in the NFL in a league that has just overwhelmingly uh, athletes of color. Um, and you know some of the systematic things. It's not about individuals, but how systems created. We just you know I'm just dropping it uh, on that. So make sure you go and check that out uh, on um, the, the on the site. Um, and so we we're going to be you know, moving this around. Um, there's been a lot happening here in uh, in the world of sports uh, here lately, and so you know, uh, we're gonna use that platform, uh, particularly the website, 
as a way for us, again, to communicate to you in different ways. Um, we wanted to find a more dynamic platform website that we could do more uh, to connect with you. And so that's just one more element uh, that we're adding to the game. Um, you'll probably see some live tweets from me tonight. I'll be uh, covering the uh, Wisconsin-Purdue game uh, at the Cole Center, uh, another Big Ten matchup. And so, uh, you know, you'll get uh, some some tweets and you'll get some stuff from me uh, tonight on that. Uh, Hank and I will be dropping uh, another podcast here uh, on one mic that will be coming out. Um, you can probably catch it live if you want to uh, this afternoon on uh, on blog, talk radio. Uh, but we're going to be hitting some of these issues that I've been writing about uh, on our on, on uh, uh, that I'll be writing about on the website. So there's a lot going on. You got NFL playoffs coming up, um, and you know a lot there happening. Uh, NBA uh, uh, happening had a great matchup in San Antonio uh, between um, OKC and the Spurs. Uh, my man Aldridge went for 56, I believe. Uh, incredible run. Um, you know you got Denver leaving the West. Um, Dwayne Wade found a fountain of youth last night uh, in, 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 in helping uh, Miami uh, overcome and, and take over uh, and beat uh, the Boston Celtics. So sports is, you know, you got you got the old coming back with the new. You got all kinds of stuff happening in here. So, you know, we're excited to to have an opportunity to, to be at this time with you in 2019, you know, having – uh, this kind of conversation about uh, uh, what's happening in the sports world. But, you know, this is the cipher. You know, this is uh, where we go deep into a topic. And as I said before, you know, um, you know, I, uh, you know, many of y'all know I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, uh, you know, I'm, I work in Wisconsin with Madison, uh, UW-Madison with the Badgers. So, you know, I have these Big Ten ties uh, a lot. But y'all know at the end of the day, um, I am uh, – truly, truly uh, invested in uh, what is happening, uh, you know, uh, here in the, in the Midwest. And so it gives me uh, great pleasure uh, to, uh, to to kind of be focused on um, uh, this issue uh, today. Um, and so uh, we are going to, you know, take a short break here and then set up for our, our cipher session uh, where, you know, Y'all can uh, y'all can have an opportunity to, to 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 hear you know some 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 really some old school hoop talk. Right about now, you're about to be possessed of the sounds of MC Rawface and DJ So let's go, cuz. 
We're back here on uh, RSG, the Cypher, our special edition of RSG One Mike. And as you said, I said before, you know, uh, for those of you who've been following us, you know, I was out at the Maui Invitational, and one of the interviews I did while out there, uh, because uh, Illinois was out there, was um, the uh, 30-year anniversary of the run of the uh, Fighting Illini uh, to the Final Four. And the person that actually knocked them out is who we're going to get a chance to talk to uh, with a last-second uh, tip in, um, you know, I have to say, you know, he probably doesn't remember. We both, I remember meeting him when he came to Ann Arbor from LA. Uh, there was a mutual place near the, the, near the big house where we all gathered in. Uh, he hadn't been in Ann Arbor that long. And, uh, it was early on. I knew I'm like, uh, this guy is special. I heard a lot about him and I really enjoyed watching him play when he was at the university of Michigan. Um, but, and really excited about, you know, what he's doing now for a lot of young people, uh, uh, here, um, you know, who who aspire uh, uh, to be student athletes. Uh, so I want to welcome uh, to the air uh, Sean Higgins, uh, former uh, Michigan Wolverine national champion, uh, NBA uh, player, and, and now uh, working with young people to, you know, develop themselves as student athletes as well. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing well, Devon. How, how are you? Man, uh, uh, this is you, you, and you, you might not know this, but uh, you've been on my list of people I wanted to interview for a while, man. So I'm so glad that we can, we can uh, have this conversation and kind of have it in. It's, it's weird that we're talking about this as a, as a, as a 30 year anniversary. Um, it, it feels like it was just yesterday. Um, y'all were making, uh, making that run. Um, you know, I, I want to just begin a little bit about you talking a little bit about your own 
kind of college experience and also that run uh, to the to the to the national championship. You know, when you think about the the team that you played on, you know, y'all came in uh, to the season, um, you know, coming off of of, of, of having a, a tournament run a, a year before uh, we all lost to North Carolina. But you came in as a preseason, um, you know, highly ranked team and, and ranked, you know, uh, you know, in the top ten uh, for you know uh, for the year. And so it was a team that a lot of people. Um, had a lot of respect for, but y- y'all had a lot of great players, including yourself, on the squad. What was it like to be, um, you know, at the University of Michigan at that time, um, doing what you were able to do a- a- as a team? Well, you know, personally for me, I'm originally from Ann Arbor. You know, I was born yes. in Detroit, but I was raised in Ann Arbor. Um, yeah. Went to elementary school there, so. Uh, the University of Michigan, you know, is in my blood, man. I bleed maize and blue, you know. I, wow. I, I grew up on all the Bo Schembecker teams. And, and so, you know, for me playing and putting that jersey on, playing for the University of Michigan, you know, it was an honor for one. And then the other part of it is that, you know, I felt the sense, you know, it was territorial. You know, you know, you got to, mm-hmm. you know, you stand up for your schoolhouse. And, and so every time I stepped on the floor, you know, that was a mentality. It was like war. Um, and then having the type of teammates that 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 that, that I had, um, you know, the great players that we had, the talented guys, and, you know, and, and you go down the list, and and so you know, I always felt that having those type of teammates, I, I had, I, we always had a good chance to win any ball game. Um, and then also, you know, the fact, you know, that's that same reason is why I went to Michigan, you know, just. The camaraderie that the guys had when I was on my recruiting trip, man, it was my best recruiting trip out of the five that I took. I took uh, five trips to official visits. I took one to Kentucky, Louisville, University of Texas, and UCLA, and Michigan being the fifth. And, you know, on my recruiting visit, you know, that kind of sold a deal for me, um, you know, when I was just, you know, got a chance to just be around the guys. And, you know, I fit in, I, I fit in good with those guys and, you know, it carried over on the floor. You know, I can remember a play um, in preseason, my freshman year, um, in preseason against Grambling State. It was a loose ball. And, you know, the whole summer before we moved into the dorm, you know, freshmen had to stay in the dorms. And so mm-hmm. I moved in with Terry Mills uh, for the summer. And so Terry and I got close. And so the loose ball – and um, I, I, I got to the loose ball before two of the Grambling players. And so when I picked up the loose ball, they crowded me and trapped me. So I couldn't turn and face. But out of my peripheral vision, I saw Terry under the basket. So I threw it to him over the back of my head, kind of like stuff Larry Burr used to do. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. And, and, and Terry caught it. He caught the pass, and then he dunked it backwards. And so we got we got after the game. I asked Terry. I said, I said, what made you dunk that pass back? He said, that's the way you gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people gotta know that Terry, and Terry Mills is is sometimes forgotten. I had a chance to play with play against him in high school. I, I played at Pioneer. He was at Romulus, and I mean, I saw him play from the time he was a you know freshman sophomore uh, on up, and just you know one of the top players. Uh, in in the country coming out of high school and, and an incredibly gifted basketball player. So when you said he did that, I was like, I was not surprised that uh, Tito right. uh, would, would would do something like that. I mean, you also <laughs> played with you also played with uh, people don't know uh, you know Lloyd Vaught uh, and Lloyd. I mean, Lloyd and I connected a lot when he was at Michigan. I mean, he he, he had the field goal 
title that year that y'all y'all right. won it. I mean, his field goal percentage. Um, he, you know, he had a really good career with the Clippers, uh, Mr. Double Double, I call him, uh, as, as well. So you you had guys like that who are you know everybody knows Glenn and with the run he did, but that team y'all had of just gifted players, and y'all really it seemed like y'all shared the ball and enjoyed getting the ball around and getting everybody touches. And so that's the part that I loved about watching that squad. Well, we we love to pass, you know, especially, yeah. you know, myself and Terry, you know, we like yeah. passing the ball. And so guys like Lloyd and Glenn, you know, they benefited from that. And <laughs> and, and Lloyd, man, he shot 66% his last season in college and uh, from the field. He led the nation in field goal percentage. You know, Lloyd Vaught. You know, he was a man out there. Lloyd Ball was a man. You know, he's a fifth year senior, but he was a man physically. And and um and so yeah, man, we, we had some talent on that squad. So I'm I'm gonna set the picture, man. So I so I uh so uh, I'm with my guy, I'm I'm going to school in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, uh, P J Bowman plays at Illinois. You know, I know right. Brandon and those guys and so y'all final game is in Ann Arbor, so I'm gonna come on out there. So I'm coming on out. So I come out. So I come out. I get out the car. It's, it's the uh, I think the Friday before the game. I'm walking in uh, to uh, Chrysler Arena at the time, not Chrysler Center. And uh, right. getting out of the car was Keith Jackson and and uh, uh, um, David Robinson. That was when David was taking right. time off between because yep, he had to. Yep, yep. And they were broadcasting the game. At that point, I knew it was going to be a big game. Kendall was coming back uh, off an of injury. Had been playing. Yeah, they had beaten y'all uh, in the previous time y'all met down in, in Champaign. Right. You know, right. uh, this is senior game for Glenn. And uh, so I hung out. I remember getting kicked out of practice by Steve Fisher. I went to see y'all practice, and, and, and Frieder <laughs> sent them over to kick me out. I had a boy college shirt on, and Fisher asked about this. Uh, our boy college coach, who was actually the, the guy who decided on the vote on three-point shot. Everybody knew him. Okay. And so it was okay. the nicest I've ever been kicked out of practice. So we set the tone. So I go to the game. I'm thinking, this is going to be a battle. And Illinois runs y'all out the gym. <laughs> and and I remember talking to Glenn that night. Glenn was upset. Uh, and I well, know y'all's you know team what, man? upset. Hey, hey man, it's, 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 it's 30 years later, so I guess I can spill the tea, huh? Yeah, spill the tea. All right. Spill the tea. <laughs> The reason why Illinois beat us, and, and, and I've never said this publicly, but the reason Illinois beat us so bad, and they were a great team, don't get me wrong. I mean, they had some horses, yeah. some thoroughbreds. Yeah. You know, but the reason why they blew us out, you know, because you look at the Final Four, and you see how tip and tat that game was. It was close. It was like yeah. Ali Frazier. Yeah. yeah. But the reason why Illinois beat us is this, and this, and this is, you know, it's – it's, it's traditional Bill Frieder, you know. He he was staying loyal to his senior, which was Glenn Rice. Yeah. Yep. And so what he told us before the game, he said, we need five passes and nobody can shoot until Glenn Rice touches the ball because he wanted Glenn to go out with a bang. Wow. And so how can you do that against a team like Illinois because Glenn – benefited from having the talent that you just mentioned. Glenn benefited from having all of us around him because Glenn wow. was not a guy that could playmate. Glenn, you had to get Glenn off. Yep. And so wow. Glenn benefited from us. But when we're out there looking for Glenn, when we have opportunities to keep the defense honest, now guess what? 
they sucking down on Glenn, and, 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 and now we are playing indecisive. I have four wow. points that game. And we all played. We played terrible. And, and that's the reason why. And it's not a knock against Coach Frieder. Uh, he was just being loyal. He yes. was being loyal to Glenn Rice. He wanted Glenn to go out his mind. His whole Glenn, I remember Glenn had his whole family at the game. And so we Everybody. all bought into it. Like, yeah, we, we were like, yeah, let's get Rice off. Wow. And it back and it backfired on us. Instead of wow. us just going out there and playing and, and, and being ourselves like we did in the Final Four, we were out there playing timid because we were trying to get Rice off. Wow. Yeah, that's a so true the, story. The, Wow. So this, so the irony gets crazy because, obviously, after the game, uh, Coach Frieder announces that he's got the Arizona State job, and that's when, you know, the legendary Bo Schenbackler, now AD, says he's going to have a Michigan man coaching a Michigan team. I remember when the guy went to the podium, I'm like, that's the guy that just kicked me out of practice. And Steve Fisher yeah. took over. What was that transition like? Like, when that announcement was made, y'all had just come off this loss, you know, uh, in, you know a, a game that y'all knew y'all could have won. Uh, in your mind, and and now you got this change in coaches. Like, what was it like for y'all as a unit with that kind of shift? It wasn't really that big of a adjustment because, you know, Coach Frieder was a businessman, and he approached coaching the same way. You know, he delegated, mm-hmm. a, lot, he delegated a lot of responsibilities uh, to his staff. And so, you know, Steve Fisher was always vocal in practice and running stuff, uh, uh, you know, in addition to Coach Boyd, Mike Boyd. Uh, and, and Coach Frieder, uh, it was like a three-headed horse uh, in practice. And so, you know, having Coach Frieder uh, leave like that, yeah, it was a blow to us. I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't. Emotionally, it was kind of a shock. But we snapped out of it quick because, okay, it's not like they're going to bring somebody new in here. It's Coach Fisher. So we're familiar with Coach. You know, I was just, I just did an interview right before we got on the air with Steve uh, Kornacki. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I expressed to him, I said, Coach Frieder was like our dad and Coach Fr- Fisher was like our uncle. You know, it was kind mm-hmm. of a good cop, bad cop scenario. And, and, and Coach Boyd was like our uncle as well. He just played the neutral position. And so uh, Coach Frieder was smart in that regard in terms of, you know, um, delegating responsibilities to his staff. You know, some coaches, you know, they're kind of uh, control freaks and they don't give their uh, assistant coaches – you know, that type of uh, leeway and platform to teach and coach and do their thing. Wow. So, so y- y'all go, y'all, y'all, y'all start the tournament, y'all going on this run. Uh, you, you're facing uh, Xavier, you've got South Alabama, you got Carolina. Uh, uh, I think you, uh, um, uh, you think you have Virginia, then uh, then you have Illinois. At that, that run, how did, how did that run, how did y'all confidence, I mean, not only you're playing, but then that was also when Glenn just went off. I mean, his record is still holding uh, uh, right now yeah. in terms of uh, uh, his performances over that time. But what was it like to start to see that run? And at what point did y'all understand, okay, we, we can win this? Well, I'm, it went back to preseason when we knocked off Stacey King and Mookie Blaylock and those boys at Oklahoma yeah. in the Maui Classic, and we, we won that tournament in Hawaii that's when we start saying, man, we can win the whole thing because we were ranked number three in the country. And yeah. so the whole season, that's all we talked about, winning the national championship. 
And so after that game, you know, that gave us our confidence. And then we had a couple of letdowns in Wisconsin, Indiana, and Alaska Anchorage. Um, let those games slip by. And then the massacre, the last game of the season against Illinois in conference play. But it didn't waver our confidence. You know, that's one thing about myself and my teammates. You know, we're, we're all pretty confident guys. Like, even our personalities off the floor. And so, yes. uh, you know, so that right there in itself, you know, gave us that edge. Um, you know, but just going down, you know, throughout the uh, the, the games, uh, I mean, if you look at Glenn Rice, the, the runner he had and how he got on fire, you know, I watched Clay Thompson the other day score 40-some points and only take four dribbles. Rice, I don't believe, I think Rice might only took maybe 10 dribbles the whole tournament. I know that. That's what I was saying. You better YouTube it, youngins. You need to YouTube it. He might take 10 dribbles. You're right. The whole tournament. And, and 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 that was a testament. And Rice will tell you this is help. He said my teammates is who got me off because you know Frieder was smart man. He went out and got guys to surround to, to surround Rice with that will keep the defense honest. I mean, just imagine if Rice played with a team you know that 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 couldn't score. He didn't have any other scores. He would have struggled. Yes. Yep. Yep. And, and I think what I love, and when, you know, when they, when they talk about the team, one of the reasons I, things I highlight about you, and I, I'm glad you talked about it, is, you know, uh, you, you're like 6'9", can handle the ball, you can shoot the three, you, you're a great passer, and so having that element, that glue piece, along with what you say, like Terry, Terry, Terry was handling the ball all the time, even when he was in ninth grade. I mean, ball handling. So yeah, yeah. Those, those, when we talk about these bigs right now, it's funny when people talk about it, and I talked about this with PJ because I thought Illinois, you know, with the, the you know the position of basketball, they, I think they were playing that with that squad. You know, it's nothing new to have guys who are six nine handling can shoot the three because you were doing that, you know. And so that element you're talking about that allowed Glenn to get off, I, I think was really real about that. And that's something I even as I was walking off, I was looking at and checking it out. Yeah, man. You know, I tell guys, I said Terry Mills was like Danny Manning coming out of high school. Yes. You know, he, he and, 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 and was just, but more athletic. Um, you know, he was another guy. He played a role. He was able to fit in. You know, he had such a high skill set. He was able to take parts of his skill set and, and incorporate it into a system with all these other talented guys. Um, when you're multi, you know, skilled like that, um, you know, you got you you have more uh, you have more weapons in your toolkit, um, and so yeah, man. I, I think you know I try to consider myself. You know, I, I consider myself the X factor. Uh, um, you know, in terms of our teams, because you know I was younger than all those guys, and they had mm-hmm. already tried to get past North Carolina um, previous to me getting there. I remember they got knocked off by Navy. <laughs> Uh, my senior yep. year, then uh, my freshman year, they got not, I didn't play in the uh, second half of the season, uh, and they got knocked off by North Carolina um, twice before I got there. And so, um, you know, I consider myself, you know, part of the X factor element. Um, they kind of got us over the hump, if you will. So, so, so then I'm setting the context again. So my boy PJ said, "Hey man, you want to come out here to Seattle?" And I knew y'all about to show off. I said, "No, I'm going to try and." For the first time in my my college career, I said I'm gonna study. You don't right. know how sick I was when I saw y'all getting introduced. 
if I should have been there. <laughs> so, so, so I watched the game. So I'm watching the game. Hey, hey, like you would have had, had, had a great time after the game, man. <laughs> you know that. You know that's how we the F truth. Like, we we can let people into no secrets, but you know we know how it goes down. <laughs> so I would definitely, I, I definitely would have had some good time after the game. I'm with you on that one. So, so. <laughs> The game goes down tit for tat. Now, everybody knows about you hitting the game when he shot, but the play I always talk about was you were on, I believe, on the right side of the floor, you spun, and then you went down the lane and dunked on Lowell Hamilton. Do you remember that play? <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. It, 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 it's a couple – hey, man, it, it's, it's a couple of backdrops to that story, man. That's a couple of back I, I got some good stuff for you on that one. <laughs> so let's 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 talk let's 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 start in the beginning. Okay. So Illinois, you know, Illinois they were a physical team and you know they, all they, most of their guys they're from Chicago. You know, they had the urban, you know, the, the the street ball element about them. And so so do we. So if you look at that game in the first half, I went I went to the bucket the same way. It's a picture online actually of me cocking that thing back on Stephen Bardo with Steve Bardo. That's my guy, man. We were, uh, yep. we were in training camp together in San Antonio. We talk all the time via social media. Uh, but uh, Bardo went up, and uh, he almost caught that, that. He almost caught one. But he fouled me, <laughs> and I still tried to punch it on him. But I missed and went to the free throw line. But they knocked me to the ground. They stood up. Him and Kenny Battle stood over me. And, you know, they, they used some explicit. They said, don't bring that weak uh, uh, up in here. This Chicago, boy, this Chicago. And so I, we were talking smack at the free throw line. You know, I was saying my piece, talking a little bit back. You know, I said, that's okay. We got a long night. I'm going to catch y'all before it's over. And uh, and so on that particular play, uh, you know, Nick tried to rip me. And, you know, I used to always – I copied this, uh, the popcorn dribble from Magic. Now you see it, now you don't. You dribble it high, yeah. make them reach, and then you spin off of them. And so that's what I used that popcorn dribble on him, and he went for it. And uh, and so and so when I spent now now let's talk about the recipient Lloyd uh, Hamilton. Lloyd Hamilton and I, when I was in the ninth grade, Lloyd, Lloyd Hamilton was uh, a senior. He was ranked number two in the country behind Ben Wilson. Lowell Hamilton played for American Round Ball Corporation (ARC), which is a youth basketball. Uh, uh, organization which my, my, my company's partnered with to this day, uh, ran by a guy by the name of Rich Goldberg. And back then, they didn't have the AAU stipulations where you had to be connected to the state in order to pay for that AAU program. So Rich would go out and get guys from all over the country to come play for his organization because it was called American Round Ball Corporation. So he had the mm-hmm. flexibility to go out and get players all over. So Lowell was on that team, and make a long story short, in practice one day, here in Las, I live in Las Vegas. Here in Las Vegas, we were over at Bishop Gorman High School, the old campus. I dunked on Lowell Hamilton in practice in the ninth grade that same way. <laughs> the same way. Because Lowell Hamilton would go try to block shots. He was a shot blocker. And I dunked on oh him in the ninth goodness. grade the same, the same exact way. Now, fast forward four years later in the final four, I dunked on him again the same way. Wow. Wow. That's a true story, is- man. Did, it, 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 you didn't say. Did you say something to him? No, I didn't say anything to him. I just came down. Yeah. I gave I gave Lloyd Vaught a high five and Rice and went to the free throw line and hit my free throw. I'm gonna tell you what. I was in I was in my residence hall when you did that. I ran out in the hallway and ran outside. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like Dolomite. 
<laughs> he was like, Dolomite, when well, you did that, I ran out the room. I ran out the room, ran outside, and he yelled, hail to the victors. <laughs> hail to the victors, baby. <laughs> Man, but you, you know what's so crazy, man? All the Illinois guys, those are my guys, man. You know, yes. Steven Bardo, uh, Nick Anderson. You know, me and Nick played together after that for the Orlando Magic, and, you know, we were really tight. You know, his, I used to go over his house. His mom lived down there in Orlando, and she used to cook for us. And, uh, yeah, Miss Anderson, she's a beautiful woman, man. And, and Marcus Liberty, me and Marcus, we go all the way back to high school and all the camps and the McDonald's game. Uh, as I just mentioned, Lloyd, Lowell Hamilton, you know, played with him as a, a freshman in high school. So <clears throat> I had respect, excuse me, I had respect for all those guys, man. But, you know, once you get between those lines, you know, that friendship goes out the window. So so you, you get past, what was it like to cut the nets down? You know, uh, oh, what did man, that feel best like? Best experience of my life. Wow. Best experience of my life, man. It, Y'all, y'all almost got me kicked out of school because we, 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 we were me and my roommate who we played high school ball together at football uh, at Pioneer uh, were out in the in the in the walking down the middle of campus singing "Hell to the Victors." We had people yelling out the uh, out the windows telling us to shut up. Uh, we uh, we you played went to Pioneer. Old... Yeah, I went to Pioneer. Yep. My dad played in Pioneer when it was called Ann Arbor High School. My dad. My dad was the first uh, all state basketball player to come out of Ann Arbor High School. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, we, uh, we won the state championship uh, football in uh, was it '84, and then uh, uh, lost in a semifinal game, uh, trying to win back to back. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, so that was that was, you know, so that was where the roots were, uh, uh, roots were there. But yeah, we, we, it was like all of us, um, and you know, it, you know, y'all being at Michigan, there's also some extended family guys out in the community who y'all connected with. I know my brother. Often talks about you and him uh, talking about old Sanford and Son episodes. So everybody will. <laughs> hey, 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 he knows me then. He talking about old Sanford Son episodes. <laughs> so it, 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 it was like everybody felt it. And what's crazy about that is that y'all had five guys drafted in the NBA. You had Glenn went to Miami, uh, Ramil went to Atlanta. Uh, Lloyd went to the Clippers. We played for a long time there. Terry uh, went to Milwaukee, and then you went to San Antonio um, uh, Spurs. So, I mean, that team uh, uh, produced uh, a lot of talent to show for, you know, the championship that was won in in a thrilling fashion um, in in overtime, uh, but to be able to do that. And so now you're, you know, thinking about just kind of quickly to kind of talk about, your arc, your life. Because one of the things you do right now is you work with young athletes, trying to prepare them for this journey. When you coming out of that, what was what was your arc like after after winning that championship, the league, and kind of moving to where you are right now? Well, what happened with me? How I got into doing player development and teaching the game, man. You know, after I, you know, I'm a basketball junkie. I'm a I'm a I'm a gym rat, man. So, you know, after I got done playing, you know, I used to you know, go to the parks and, you know, play with the guys, the kids at the park and whatnot, just to, you know, keep that uh, keep that energy, man. It was hard, it's hard to just go cold turkey when you stop playing. It's hard to just go cold turkey like that. Uh, but I found out that I had a knack for teaching the game uh, mm-hmm. around 2002, and then, uh, and then I was at an opportunity to coach uh, in the new ABA, um, which is a, a startup at the time, a uh, minor league system, 
I was a general manager and head coach of a, a franchise up in Fresno, California, and then uh, and then just went from there. It took off from there. Uh, and then, you know, my own personal experiences, you know, throughout my uh, recruitment, you know, I went through some stuff with, uh, you know, with adults taking advantage of a kid. You know, if you remember, mm-hmm. recall, I signed a letter of intent with UCLA under coercion um, before yeah. I was able to uh, sign with Michigan. And so mm-hmm. that, that personal experience in itself, you know, and I see some of the tragedies that happened, like the kid Brian Bowen um, yep. signed with Louisville and what his dad did. Um, you know, I, I try to, you know, educate the families and the student athletes on the pitfalls and the do's and don'ts. And, and, and more so than just that, uh, well, I wouldn't say more so, just, it's just as important as that, um, you know, the skill, you know, the skill work and you know, being prepared, you know, as Coach John Wooden always said, you know, all we have control over is the preparation. God controls wins and losses. And so, That's right. you know, that, that, that inspired me to start nine-star basketball camps. We specialize in, in player development and um, exposure in combine camps uh, for student-athletes, male and female. Um, and, you know, we're, we're uh, complying and certified with the NCAA. Um, so we're doing that. And, and so that, that just gave me, uh, you know, insight, man, and what's needed out here. You know, I was always raised that, you know, when you have knowledge and and resources you have to give back. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we try to do. You know, I, uh, you know I'm also uh, president of a, a nonprofit organization that's uh, targeting health and wellness um, within our communities. Uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, I, I was just raised that way, man. My mother was, was a giver and, and a person that uh, was always a, a, a fixture in the community. And so that kind of like, you know, uh, rubbed off on me. When you uh, when you look at just um, you know the discussion around you know uh, pay for play and just the whole you know revolution of really thinking what's happening in college athletics, you know, do you have in your own experience are there one or two things that you think that you would recommend if you were asked by you know a blue ribbon committee to to make some recommendations? What recommendations would you make to um, improve the, the experience for college athletes? Uh, I, I would say that the first thing they should do is provide a stipend um, that's better than what they're getting now. Um, because, you know, student athletes, when you're on scholarship, you're not allowed to work during the season. Mm-hmm. And every kid, every kid does not have the same opportunities. You know, a lot of these kids, that they recruited a highly touted athletes are coming from uh, economically challenged uh, uh, homes, financially challenged homes. And so I think the NCAA should start revisiting if they haven't already. Um, you know, I noticed that the, the, the issue has been uh, brought up, but mm-hmm. I think the player, the student athletes should, should be able to, you know, have a, a stipend where they can take care of their bare necessities. I know they have the training tables. We had that stuff. But, I mean, when you're talking about an athlete that's practicing two and a half, three hours every day, then they have to manage and juggle schoolwork, you know, we want to we eat, man. I remember going to the training table and sneaking food out of the training table because when I got home, I was still hungry. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you didn't have any money in your pocket, you know, you were going to starve from 10 o'clock at night until you woke up the next morning. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, I think that's a major area that needs to be addressed. And then um, – and I don't know the solution to this one, but there has to be some kind of regulations or governing bodies 
on all these streetwalkers and parasites running around here running AAU programs and they're transactional and not transformational. All they think about is themselves. They can care less about the student athlete and their families. And so I think the NCAA really needs to get a handle on the AAU system because I'm not saying all the programs because there are some good programs and organizations out here that's doing things the right way. And I can name a few. I'm not going to go there now, but but there are some more than not that's doing it the wrong way. You know, these guys are getting kickbacks from the shoe companies. Um, you know, they're, they're lying to parents. They're not getting on the phones, uh, uh, helping these kids get exposure. And, and so, you know, that's an area that kind of leads up to the student athlete making the bad decisions of, of, of looking for a handout when it's time uh, to go on, to be on a college campus because that's what they've been used to from the 7th, 8th, ninth grade, getting handouts. These AAU guys show up to their doorstep with gym shoes, uh, gear, uh, uh, extra perks, and so it kind of creates a culture. And so that culture has to be changed, and the only way it can be changed is if the athlete is not out here starving. So if the athlete's not starving, that eliminates these streetwalkers from offering the perks. So the schools and the NCAA should take over the perks. And, and it's not about challenging amateurism. You know, am, they're, they're, you're still amateurs. Just because you're getting a stipend as a college athlete does not make you a professional. And so there's a fine line there that kind of, uh, uh, you know, keeps it up on the shelf, if you will, in terms of making this, us putting this at the forefront and making a change. And, and it has to because what's going to happen is that you're going to start finding a lot of, especially in basketball, uh, in particular, a lot of these kids, the top kids, are going to end up going overseas or to the G League because they're going to start letting high school players play in the G League straight out of high school. And so that's going, that's going to affect the talent pool at the college level. And so as we know, you know, the NCAA is a profitable business. Yeah. So, yep. you know, they, they, they're always looking at the bottom line. And so these three items, these couple items that I'm talking about, it's going to affect the bottom line if they don't get a handle on it. And that's something I was actually going to, you know, I've I've been going back and forth with Steve Bardo because, you know, he's doing it, and I want to talk about that. I'd love to have you come back. We can take a deeper dive in that topic because of your real understanding about the pipeline and those pitfalls in the pipeline. So I'd love to have you come back to talk about that. Uh, I would be remiss if I also didn't give you the chance to talk about your take a few minutes to talk about your organization a little bit more and where people can find you. Okay, well first you can find us online at uh at nine star basketball camps plural dot com. Uh, that's all spelled out, uh nine star basketball camps dot com. And uh what we do like I mentioned, man, uh, you know, first thing we do is is deal with player development, you know, the preparation. Because I, I, I tell parents all the time, you know, they want to get their college exposure because they want their kid to be recruited. I said, if they're not uh, prepared, they're going to get exposed. Instead of getting exposed, they're going to get exposed. And and so uh, what we do, we target that first. And then when a kid's ready and we think they have pro- uh, a potential uh, for the next level, uh, we start getting them exposure. You know, we, we recommend, uh, you know, the right schools. That uh, that fit their bill. Um, we have a partnership with um, uh, high-profile sports out of Northern California, and they specialize specifically in uh, in lining student athletes up with the right schools. Because a lot of times 
you know, most of the time, parents and students are the student athletes are delusional. Everyone wants to be a Division One player. Everyone's not a Division One player. So, you know, with this partnership with high-profile sports, gives us an opportunity to really um, take advantage of their algorithm and their database and, and identify and pair these players, student athletes, up with the right schools that have scholarships in their position. Um, because a lot of times you see kids fall through the cracks because they're chasing their tail. Um, so we kind of, you know, spearhead that. Uh, and then we also, our camps, you know, we do player development camps, uh, combines, which is uh, skill development and showcase exposure camps. Uh, we're, ta- we're, we're, we're concentrated here on the West Coast. Uh, we're headquartered in Las Vegas. Uh, we're planning to expand nationwide. We're going to start back in Michigan. Uh, and help those kids because that's where I learned the game, the fundamentals, starting out as a young kid. Um, and, this, and we just continuously building our brand. Um, we're, uh, we're in talks in terms of building our own facility uh, as well because one of the biggest issues we find is gym time and, and, and uh, the rentals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, usually are not cost effective. Uh, so what we're doing, you know, in that regard is uh, taking advantage of my uh, uh, business partnerships um, with uh, with our land development uh, company, and so that that's something that's really uh, you know close and dear to me. I kind of keep that under wraps because we're kind of in the be- uh, beginning phases, but just to mm-hmm. touch on what we're doing with Nine Star, uh, and then also I run uh, my mom's nonprofit organization. I lost my mom in 2016. The Victory Garden mm-hmm. Foundation. Um, we we uh, we deal with health. Our premises health, wellness, and fitness um, in uh, in our communities. And so we're going to be doing some new things coming up here in the uh, near future. Uh, a couple uh, charity events, uh, and then uh, that's primarily what takes up most of my time. Devon is you know nine star mm-hmm. basketball camps and and, and nonprofit. Uh, you know, and then you know I have a, a four year old son. So that that's mm. uh, dear dear to my heart. Um, you know, I have an oldest boy too. He's 26. Um, so I, uh, you know, that, that it keeps me around the game. And uh, and and so yeah, man, I, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm good. Well, hey man. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for for joining us. And um, you know, um, you know, uh, you uh, are just doing the kind of work. Um, I know we on Real Sports Guys really talk about what the power is of student athletes, you know, um, who are going to be the next Paul Robesons and Jim Browns. Uh, and you're leading in that legacy where um, it's about um, building the capacity of the next generation of leaders. So I really appreciate that. Um, and one of the things that we do here on RSG is we ask our guests to, to drop the mic and so you know, you know, you 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 came up from the hip hop age, and you know, we all came up a little bit. You know, what we're talking about, and right, so right. you know, I, I, you know, I want to give you a second right here to drop the mic for everybody here on RSG. Oh, that's all good, man. Hey, you guys are listening to Sean Higgins, number twenty-four, University of Michigan, the first and only team up to date that's won a national championship in school history. You're listening to Real Sports Guys. Go blue, baby. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.